come on. Turf. Turf. Just wanted to thank everyone for taking the time to be on the call uh, today. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, a member of our legal team, uh, uh, Sean Hearn here, who is with me, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be available for the next little while to answer any of your questions. So thank you again for joining us here this morning. Thank you, Victor. Uh, Nicholas, we're ready for questions. Thank you, Ms. Dion. We will now take questions from the telephone line. The first question is from Dwayne Rawlins. Um, I was speaking to Mr. Dellinger uh, yesterday, uh, the, the lawyer for the, for the women, representing the women, and I wanted to address uh, the disparity in the numbers that are listed on, um, on their, their side versus your side. You say there are seven women attached to this, uh, this claim. Uh, they make the 40 claim. When I spoke to him yesterday, he said that the seven number was coming from an additional form uh, that he believed was not required by the tribunal and was only filled out as an example of the willingness of the women. Could you address that comment in the sense of telling me what, what form this seven came from and whether or not uh, the, the seven women, under your understanding, you know, are the only people attached to this uh, this filing? Sure. Dwayne, it's uh, Sean Hearn here. And uh, what we've raised are questions about who is in the applicant group because we have received some discrepancy in the information provided by Mr. Dellinger and his colleague Mr. Wright in their filings with the uh, Ontario Tribunal. The media reports initially said there were 40 uh, women involved or behind the complaint instructing the lawyers, but it, when it was styled in the application that was filed October 1, it was styled in the form of players on national teams participating in the FIFA Women's World Cup 2015. And obviously that's not inaccurate. Not all of the women involved in the FIFA World Cup are part of the complaint. And in fact, in the body of the uh, application that the lawyers filed, they named 18 players. And that was uh, said not to be all of the players that they were representing, but the 18 uh, names were all that we were provided. Since then, we asked for the Form 27 consent, which is, uh, to our uh, view, a requirement for filing with the tribunal, uh, that those consent forms be provided. And when we asked for them, we only received seven not 18, not 40, not more. And of the seven, we understand one of those players has withdrawn their consent or may never have consented at all. And of the 18, two appear not to have agreed to be named and are not supportive. So we have questions, and we've asked those questions, and we're not satisfied yet with the answers. We'd like to know who are instructing the lawyers in this case. Thank you. The next question is from Stefan Sandalar from Plastic Pitch. Please go ahead. Hi. Um, thanks for doing this. Uh, question, I guess, a legal question that I would have is if this is going to be heard in Ontario and let's say so many games are being played at BC Place or at Commonwealth Stadium, what jurisdiction does an Ontario tribunal have over Alberta, British Columbia, or Manitoba? 
Well, that's a very good uh, question, Stefan, and it's one that we've we've raised directly in our uh, response to date. It's unclear as to whether the Ontario Tribunal has any jurisdiction over stadium use and playing services in another province, and we would say uh, that it likely doesn't, but that's an issue that's um, outstanding and will have to be argued in the case. Thank you. The next question is from Scott Stinson from the National Polls. Please go ahead. Thanks for doing this, gentlemen. Um, uh, your response to the Human Rights Tribunal notes that uh, one of your concerns is the timing and that it's very last minute. Um, and you note that Abby Wambach, for example, was tweeting her opposition to uh, non-natural grass as as far back as a year and a half ago. I, I'm just wondering if um, has was there any thought given long ago to to doing something other than the turf as is planned? Uh, Victor here, Scott. Hi. Uh, when our bid went in originally, uh, we had the cities outlined way back in 2011. Um, and um, the bid was uh, presented with the stadiums, as well as a few other stadiums other than the one that, other than the six that eventually uh, mm -hmm. won the internal process uh, of putting forward. So, uh, it was clear from, from the beginning that the stadiums that we have, which are um, that all have uh, currently FIFA two-star turf on it, uh, mm -hmm. were the ones that had been deemed the, the host cities with the venues that they have. Um, you know, the uh, laws of the game and the and also the FIFA standards allow it. Obviously, they have to meet the standards that FIFA lays out. Um, so we were well within. Uh, our bid was well within the scope that is provided uh, to put on um, the Women's World Cup, and we knew that our facilities were, you know, world class. We knew that there was new stadiums coming on board, and we also this was a part of a bigger piece. It's not just in isolation of six fields. You know, th our whole World Cup is premised on, you know, providing sustainability and providing legacy, and so. You know, there's training fields that we've already built and that we're going to build, uh, which will be a legacy to this country and to the players of this country. So it's not the bid wasn't a simplified bid of, of just six playing fields. It was an all-encompassing bid that covered A to Z. And so we were very happy with our bid. FIFA obviously was very happy with our bid. And we look forward to putting on the world-class event that we know it will be. Okay. Thank you. The next question is from Ike Rai from the Sun News Network. Please go ahead. Uh, thanks for doing this. Um, uh, now, according to some of the uh, the lawyers representing the players, some of them allege they've been threatened to remove their names from the petition. What do you know of this or have to say about this? Don't, we don't have uh, knowledge of any any threats. Uh, um, I haven't seen that allegation from the lawyers, so I'm not sure what they're referring to. Thank you. The next question is from Neil Davidson from the Canadian Press. Please go ahead. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to speak to us today. Uh, in your response to the um, uh, the submission from the players, 
you argue that the complaint is factually contentious, that turf is not a second-class playing surface and that it falls under the laws of, of, of FIFA, the, the right kind of turf. The CSA has said it's going to bid for a men's World Cup. What kind of surface would it use for to hold, hold a men's World Cup? Uh, Neil, it's Victor here. Um, you know, our we have we have put up our hands, uh, seeking that we would intend to look at the process of putting a bid forward. Uh, we still have not. You know, it's very early days in that process. We don't even know what the parameters or the scope of that bid would need to look like from FIFA because they haven't even uh, sent out anything along those lines uh, to any of the member associations. Uh, that'll probably be received uh, to the member associations, all of them actually, uh, probably I would say in a few years time, in uh, 16 or, or yeah, probably 16. And you know, once uh, those stipulations come out, then it's something that uh, we would need to look at internally where we are in our own internal processes uh, you know, because uh, before you get to any operational stage of an event, there's a lot of other things you have to line up, i.e., uh, um, you know, whether it be government support or even your own internal membership support. And so uh, we're a long ways away from uh, even uh, looking at something that detailed. But do you believe that a men's competition could be played on artificial surfaces? Well, they have been played on men's. Uh, um, men's competitions have been played. I mean, we played a men's gold cup match last year which is you know a uh with our our A team uh in Seattle uh against Mexico's A team uh there was games yesterday played for the European qualification by I believe it was uh the one Kaz I was I Kazakhstan. saw was Czech, yeah correct Czech Republic so there are there are games being paid by men's A teams for World Cup qualifiers and European qualifiers and Gold Cup matches that have been played on obviously FIFA two star approved services, but not a World Cup senior men's World Cup tournament. As of now, uh, no. Okay, not thank yet. you. Thank you. Once again, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad if you have a question. The next question is from Andrew Bochalt from Yahoo Sport Canada. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, my question would be um, a similar lawsuit to this came up ahead of the Olympics with uh, women ski jumpers are uh, arguing uh, arguing that there was discrimination by them not being allowed to participate. Can you speak to, um, are you going to use any of uh, the defense arguments from that case? Uh, is, does that have a relevance here with the court ruling that they couldn't, they didn't have jurisdiction over the IOC? Is that a similar case with FIFA? Yeah, uh, thanks, Andrew. It's uh, Sean here. There are some similarities in the sense of the IOC being an international um, organization and, and uh, FIFA being similarly situated, but the ski jumpers case is a little different in that it was brought as a claim under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in Canada as opposed to the Provincial Human Rights Code uh, for British Columbia in that case. And so this case is brought under the Ontario Human Rights Code. So it, it, it is legally different, but there are some similarities certainly um, with the nature of the parties involved and in that a uh, international competition was being held. Great, thank you. 
Thank you. The next question is from Anne Patterson, Patterson from the Associated Press. Please go ahead. Hi. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, in the release that went out on Friday um, concerning the CSA's response um, to the uh, expedition of the um, application, it talked about how um, the claim that discrimination based on gender um, trivializes um, an important human right. Can you kind of expand on what you meant by that? Um, I'm, I'm not really going to speak to that right now. Uh, we've, we've made our sub that substantive uh, statements in the response, and um, uh, I don't think that we want to get farther into that at this stage. But what uh, the, the, the core issue in terms of uh, the claim that's being advanced is that FIFA two-star turf is somehow second class. And it's not second class. It's a first class playing field. And it is part of the Canadian game. It's been recognized as appropriate. And this is going to be a fantastic playing surface and a fantastic tournament. There is, uh, there's, there's no merit, uh, in our view, in the suggestion that it is in any way um, uh, discriminatory. Thank you very much. Thank you. Once again, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad if you have a question. The next question is from Neil Davidson from the Canadian Press. Please go ahead. Yes, sir. Thank you. I, I, I know you probably can't speak for FIFA, but the lawyers for the other side made a point of uh, noting that FIFA had not responded to the Human Rights Tribunal uh, when asked uh, to do so. Uh, can you uh, explain why, or are you speaking as the voice for, as the National Organizing Committee? Um, Neil, I can speak to that. It's uh, Sean here. Obviously, that is a question for FIFA, but where uh, things stand at the moment is that FIFA has not been served with the complaint um, under the relevant international treaties, uh, commonly referred to as the Hague Convention, and we understand the tribunal has taken some steps to comply uh, with those conventions, and, and uh, we'll see uh, what comes of that. But obviously, a party that hasn't been served with a process then isn't subject to orders from the tribunal as to a time uh, for which to respond. And could I just ask as a follow-up, if this does go to a hearing, do you have any idea, is there any kind of uh, um, history or suggestion of how long these things take to go through the tribunal? Well, for a case like this, it, it has a lot of contingencies, obviously. The, our view of how the case will have to be argued on the merits is that it is going to require extensive evidence and a, a full oral hearing in front of the tribunal if it goes ahead, if it's allowed to proceed. There are a bunch of important jurisdictional questions to deal with in advance, but um, ultimately the length and the process for these type of hearings depends on the type of evidence that's raised and the type of issues that are before the tribunal. So what will happen uh, is, a, is, a, is a case conference will be convened 
with the tribunal and the process will be debated and then established by the tribunal and go ahead from there. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from Scott Stinson. Please go ahead. Hi, I'm just wondering if um, you can uh, put a number on how much the CSA's bid is is worth or is cost or like what the budget is. Our uh, overall budget for the Women's World Cup? Yeah. It's uh, obviously there's some variables there with uh, mm -hmm. certain things, but it's in the uh, it's in the range of about 90 million dollars. 90 million? 90. Uh, and and did you this compromise suggestion that the other side has put forth in terms of different ways of growing grass on top of, you know, in trays and things like that. I mean, have any of these things even been considered or or you just see this as, you know, them offering solutions that don't really have any merit? I think your last question is, is, is uh, my answer to that. First of all, no, it's not something we've looked at because there has been no need because our facilities uh, as I said in my earlier statement, uh, we're based on our stadiums being at the at the highest level, and our uh, and the playing surfaces being within the the parameters of uh, what FIFA allows a member association to bid on. Okay, thanks so much. Thank you. The next question is from Stefan Sandalar from Plastic Pitch. Please go ahead. I think this may be a question more for Victor, but uh, Victor, has there been any discussions with, let's say, other partners that use the stadium, such as the cities that own them, or the Canadian Football League? Uh, as it relates to – hi, Steve. That's big. Um, as it relates to this specific uh, legal issue? Yeah, like or in terms it, of – you know, is there concern from their side if, let's say, the, the surface would have to be changed? I mean, that downloads some costs onto the cities, and it downloads some some problems onto the Canadian Football League. That needs those yeah, I mean, back right you know, away. we haven't we haven't engaged in any discussions with them because, as I said, uh, we don't see a need to. We're proceeding with uh, as per our bid. We're proceeding with selling tickets. And as I read a headline sitting in front of me here in the local paper, that over half the tickets have been sold for the final in Vancouver. So as you can see, um, you know our ticket sales are going quite well. And the discussions with all our stakeholders, whether it be the CFL, whether it be the cities. It's all been done in preparation for where we are now, so we have no intent of of uh, bringing our stakeholders into this matter because we're gonna we'll be proceeding with our bid and with our World Cup as is. Well, thanks for listening to the Two Solitude Soccer Podcast on Stitcher Radio with Dwayne Rollins and Kevin Laramay. Subscribe to the show on Stitcher Radio. Listen to the show on Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio, Stitcher Radio. Would you just please subscribe to the show on Stitcher Radio? Thank you very much for subscribing to the show. And now, back to the show on Stitcher Radio. Coming soon on Stitcher Radio.